Hi, welcome to the Alex Rubit Ministries podcast. I'm your host, Alex Rubit, and I pray that you will find today's teaching of the Word of Faith and Grace to be uplifting, edifying, and encouraging. To find out more about our ministry and to access other teaching resources, simply head to graceworldchurch.org. And with that being said, let's get into today's message. And if you have your Bibles this morning... I invite you to join me in the book of Romans, chapter 1, verses uh, 16 and 17. The book of Romans, chapter 1, verses 16 through 17. Now, we have been in a series talking about humility, the importance of humility. And I was kind of seeking the Lord this past week on exactly where to um, take this. I was, I was kind of praying and really seeking God to help me to, to kind of see some things that I hadn't seen before. And I really believe that today we're going to kick off something here that we're going to continue for the next several weeks. I want to, this is a continuation of what we've been talking about, but I really want to get into a series today that I think is really going to bless you. It's going to show you just what humility actually is and why it's so crucial in order for us to uh, to walk in humility, in order for us to see everything that God has already made available to us to come to pass. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to start off with a very radical statement and that what we're going to do as we get into this series, we're going to explore this statement some more and you're going to be seeing from Scripture exactly how this all adds up, how this all applies. Now, the radical statement that I want to start off with this morning, guys, is this. And it is that if you are a believer, if you are in Christ, I want you to understand that any good that comes to us in the Christian life, guys, it comes to us purely as a result of the finished works of Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. Any good that comes to you in your life as a believer, uh, whether that is uh, the promises of God coming to pass in your life, whether that is uh, the fruits of this Christian life showing up in your walk with the Lord, I want you to understand that any good that comes to you, it comes to you as a result of uh, the finished works of Jesus Christ. And so what this means is that any good that comes to us comes to us because of Jesus, guys. And that means that no good comes to us as the result of our own performance or self-effort. And watch this now, guys. We can never take credit for any of the good that comes to us as a result of our believing God. Now, this is a radical statement because the truth of the matter is that all of us, to one degree or another, we tend to get caught up in a a performance-based mentality. And what I mean by a performance-based mentality is uh, that you think that God being good to you, uh, God blessing you, uh, healing perhaps showing up in your body, uh, the provisions of God showing up in your life, you think that to some degree it has something to do with what you're doing. You think that to some degree it's based on your performance, but I want you guys to understand that in this Christian life, any good that comes to you, it always comes to you as a result of what Jesus has already done. When Jesus on the cross said, it is finished, guys, you remember he said, it is finished. Well, what was he talking about? He was talking about salvation. And now what I want to remind remind us of this morning, guys, is that salvation 
contrary of what religion oftentimes teaches, salvation does not only mean going to heaven. Now, heaven is going to be awesome. It's going to be better than anything we can even fathom, guys. I want you to know that. But I want you to understand that salvation is not only going to heaven, but that salvation is actually a complete package which includes all of our needs being supplied while we are here in this earth realm. Salvation comes from the Greek word zozo. Now that Greek word zozo, it means to be healed, it means to be delivered, it means to be sound, it means you having your needs being supplied, it means you being in a place of safety and protection, that means that the evils of the world are not to come nigh your dwelling. You see, we as Christians, guys, we have so many promises that have been made available to us, but we got to understand, A, what's been made available to us, and B, we got to understand how do we walk in those promises. You want to understand that there is a distinction between the general goodness of God that has been made available to every person on the planet, guys, because I want you to understand God is good. The nature of God is good. God does not wait until somebody becomes a believer before God decides to be good to that person. We shared on this two weeks ago, I believe, where we shared on the goodness of God. And so the general goodness of God is available to every person on the planet. But I want you to understand that if you are in Christ, if Jesus is the Lord of your life, there are certain covenant promises. There are certain uh, covenant rights and privilege privileges that have been made available to you as a born-again believer. And so we're going to be looking at that, and we're going to be looking at how do we actually walk in that. And so what we're getting into here is faith. What we're getting in, into here is how do we live uh, by faith. And what I want to start off with here today, guys, is I want you to understand that faith is not performance. You see, we've been talking about depending on God. We've been talking about how this year is going to be all about us depending on God. And one of the ways that we can define faith, in fact, guys, is quite simply this. It is depending on God. You see, you can define faith as dependence on God. You can define confidence in the goodness of God, depending on God, and faith. These are all words or definitions that are interchangeable. And in fact, I want to, I want to remind us of a definition of faith that we shared with you a few years back, which is this, is that faith can be defined as, as an act of humility. Listen to me very, very closely, guys. Faith is an act of humility. It is a total surrender of all self-effort and performance. And faith is a complete trusting in and depending on God. And so that is what we mean when we talk about faith. And so the title of this message today, guys, is The Humility of Faith. I want to talk to you about the humility of faith. And I want you to see today, guys, that faith. And when we talk about faith, we're talking about you really operating in faith, you confessing the word over your life and all the things you do when you're, when you're operating in faith. But I want you to understand that faith is not performance. Faith is not self-effort. Faith is not you impressing God with your faith. No, faith is dependence on God. Is everybody with me so far this morning? If you understand that, type Amen in the chat section. Amen. Well, praise God. So let's get started here today 
in the book of Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. I want to read this first in the King James, and then I want to look at it also in the New Living Translation as well. And so he says here in verse 16, he says, For I am not ashamed, ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Stop right there. This is Paul writing, Paul says, I am not ashamed of uh, the gospel of Christ. Now, that word gospel is a very interesting word. It's oftentimes been used in a, in a religious kind of way. People throw that word around a lot, gospel. But what I want you to understand is uh, that a gospel literally means it is nearly too good to be true news. Gospel means it is news that is so good, it's so awesome, it is so magnificent, it is nearly too good to be true. And so Paul is saying, I'm not ashamed of this nearly too good to be true news about Christ, for or because it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, also to the Greek. And so let's break this down. What he's saying here, guys, he says, this nearly too good to be true news about Christ is the power of God. That Greek word there is dunamis. It is uh, where we get our word dynamite from. It's the dynamic, explosive power of God. And it's the power of God working unto a specific purpose. He says, it's the power of God unto salvation. Now, once again, guys, salvation comes from the Greek word zozo. It doesn't mean just going to heaven. No, I want you to take note that there is a power of God, glory to God. There is a a dunamis, a dynamite power of God uh, that is at work in uh, this uh, gospel. And this power of God is working unto a specific purpose. The purpose is salvation. The purpose is healing. The purpose is deliverance. The purpose is soundness. The purpose is you walking in the promises of God. And he says, there's, there's something that we got to do here. He says, to everyone that believeth. Take note of the word believe. And so, believing here is what we're going to get into. And he says, to the Jew first, also to the Greek. And so, in other words, this is something that's not been made available only to Jewish people, but really to the whole world. Now, verse 17 He says in verse 17, For therein, in this gospel, is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. And so what I want to do here, guys, for the purpose of this series is I would like for us to, every time that you see the word faith in Scripture, any time that we talk about faith, what I want you to do is I want you to replace that word faith with depending on God. And so, in other words, he says, the just shall live by faith. In other words, how I want you to see this now, guys, is I want you to see this as the just shall live by depending on God. The just, I want you to understand, are those who have been declared righteous as a result of having put their faith in Jesus as their Savior and Lord. And the just, that's you, that's you and me, guys, amen, if you are a believer, you are just, independent of your performance. He says the just have a certain way of living. He says the just, they live by faith. Now we understand now this means the just live by depending on God. Now look at this verse in the New Living Translation. New Living Translation, verse 16 says, For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work. And so the power of God is at work. The power of God at work, saving everyone who believes. 
Now again, that means healing everyone who believes. It means delivering everyone who believes. It means setting the people free who believe, the Jew first, also the Gentile. And so it's been made available to the whole world. Verse 17, he says, This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. Now watch this. How does God make us right? Because a lot of people think, well, Alex... Me being right in the sight of God, glory to God, well, that's going to have something to do with my performance. That's going to have something to do with me uh, putting in some effort. That's going to have something to do with me perhaps cleaning up my life. That's not what this is saying, friend. He says, here's how God makes us right in his sight. He says, this is accomplished from start to finish, guys, by faith. Now remember, we're, we're uh, replacing, and for the purpose of the series, we're exchanging faith with depending on God. And so he's saying, this is how God makes you right in his sight. He says, this is accomplished from start to finish by depending on God. Glory to God. You see, how do you, uh, how are you in right standing with God? It is by you depending on God. He says, as the scriptures say, it is through faith or it is through depending on God that a righteous person has life. And so faith is depending on God. Faith is a confident and secure reliance on God. Watch this now, guys, through our believing in the finished works of Jesus Christ. Now, as I said, there is a general depending on God. There's a general releasing your faith in the goodness of God, which every person on the face of this planet can do. And sometimes this is radical Because religion sometimes has taught us to think that, you know, well, God is going to be good once you, once you're a believer, right? You see, and so, and so religion sometimes paints this picture, glory to God, of a God who is angry, a God who is hard to please, a God who's perhaps even out to get you, and it's only once you come to Him, then that maybe He's going to change His mind about you, glory to God. I want you to understand that's not the God we serve, guys. Glory to God, I want you to understand that the Bible says that God already loved you long before you came to Him. See, I want you to understand that the Bible says that God's motivation for sending Jesus into the world was his love. And so God has made his general goodness available to every person on the planet. But I want you to understand that when you are in Christ, when you are, when you are a believer, when Jesus is the Lord of your life, now there are certain uh, covenant promises. There are certain covenant rights that he's made available to you, and these come to you as a result of your believing specifically in the finished works of Jesus Christ. You see, we got to remember to look to the cross, guys. We got to remember the truth that Jesus on the cross already did what he needed to do. We got to remember that the Bible says that on the cross is where healing took place. On the cross is where you were delivered from the power of darkness. On the cross is where Jesus made available to you all things pertaining to your life and godliness. And so your role as a believer is not to try to get God to do what he's already done. No, your role as a believer is uh, to live in a moment-by-moment, day-by-day dependence on what Jesus already did for you. It is you releasing your faith in the finished works of Jesus Christ. And as we look to the finished works of Jesus Christ, guys, what happens is that we make ourselves available for the manifestations of those finished works to show up in our lives. You see, the reason... 
the Lord has put this on my heart is because I see a lot of believers, I see a lot of my friends, people I, I know going through stuff and, 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 and going through certain challenges. And of course, there's nothing wrong with that. That's what, what we deal with in this life. But I want you to understand that as you're going through those challenges, the solution is already a finished work. You see, the, uh, Jesus already made available to you what you need. And so the way that you avail yourself of that, the way that you, uh, the glory to God, the way that you will see that manifesting in your life, is by you understanding this truth, by you being reminded of this truth of the finished works of Jesus Christ. And so what I want you to see is that everything in the Christian life, guys, is already finished and available. You see, we said gospel is, it means nearly too good to be true news about Christ. Now, gospel during the time when Paul was using this word gospel, it was a word that was used whenever there was an announcement of a victory that had already been won. You see, when there were like wars going on and there was a big victory uh, on the front lines that were won, the news would come back to the people and it was, and then they would just call this a gospel. It was, it was the announcement of something that was accomplished. It was an announcement of a victory. It was an announcement of something that would uh, shift things in a major way, and so this is a big deal that Paul is using this word gospel, and so the gospel, guys, glory to God, the gospel is this announcement that Jesus, through his finished work on the cross, has already done what he needed to do. Uh, The gospel is the announcement that you are already victorious as a result of what Jesus has done for you, and so now, how do you live in this? You live in it in a way where you are day by day releasing your faith and you're saying, I live in dependence on God. You see, something comes up in your life, you look to, to, to Jesus, you say, Lord, I believe you've already dealt with this 2,000 years ago, and I now release my faith for the healing you've made available. I release my faith for the wisdom you've made available. I release my faith for the provisions that you've already made available uh, to me. And so this is how we live this life as believers, guys. Now, what does this come down to? It comes down to, once again, to your relationship. You see, one of the reasons I think faith sometimes gets a bad rap, there's a couple of reasons, and one of the reasons is that when you talk about living by faith, uh, and when you talk about operating in faith, when you talk about confessing the word, oftentimes what happens is people think of it as a principle. You see, and so when, when it's a principle, here's the thing with it being a principle, when it's just a principle, something that I'm working, something that i got to do, well, what happens is that it becomes very easy to now look at that as workspace. In other words, it's something that I got to do to try to get God to do. You see, if I have, and then, and then what happens is, guys, you have people who say, well, Alex, I just don't think I have enough faith. <laughs> you see? And, 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 and then people say, well, you know, it's, it's my great faith that has gotten me this result. You see, well, Alex, look at, look at what my faith has done. <laughs> Praise God. You know, people will say, you know, I, I got this big breakthrough. It's because of my faith. Well, hold on, friend. That's not how that works. You see, faith was never intended to be performance. No, faith is you depending on God. And so when something happens, when a breakthrough comes in your life, guys, this is why we started off with this radical statement that you cannot take credit for that. 
You see, it's never going to be your faith that gets you the breakthrough. No, glory to God, I want you to understand, uh, Jesus already won you that breakthrough 2,000 years ago. Now, you operating in faith is simply you depending on what Jesus has already done. You operating in faith is simply you uh, positioning yourself now to receive what Jesus has already done 2,000 years ago. You see, sometimes people would say, well, faith is going to move God. Well, we got to be very careful with that because really what it is, is is that God's already done what he needed to do, guys. You see, God is so good, thank you, Lord, is, is that he's already anticipated every need that you will ever have. And so God has already made the solution available. I want you to understand, you might be watching me right now, you might be listening to me right now, and you're, you, you've got your back against the wall. You don't know how you're going to get out of that ditch. You don't know how you're going to get out of that situation. Uh, glory to God, friend, I want you to understand that your situation is not a surprise to God. God already knew exactly that you'd be in that situation you're in right now. And glory to God, not only did he know you'd be in that situation, he's already made the solution available to you, you see. You see, and so and so God does not need to be moved. No, what happens is your faith now is going to move you to align with what God's already done, you see. You see, faith is going to move you in a, in, into a position where you're depending on God to such an extent. You're depending on Jesus to such an extent. You're depending on His finished work on the cross to such an extent that you're now positioning yourself to receive what He's already made available to you. Are you guys tracking with me? Are you guys tracking with me this morning? If you understand that, type Amen into the comment section. Amen? And so faith is depending on God. And faith, guys, comes as a result of our relationship with Jesus. Everything in this Christian life, it's not principle, guys. It's not performance. It's not being religious. No, it is your relationship with a Jesus. It's your focus. Remember, we've been telling you this. Your focus is on Jesus. You're focusing on your relationship with him. And then you're trusting in him. You see, that's where strength and empowerment comes from in this Christian life. Glory be to God. Now, here's the deal, guys. Here's the deal. Now, what we're going to do is, man, glory to God, what we're going to do is, we're going to be looking at now, how is the enemy going to come against this? You see, you see, how, how is Satan going to try to stop you from operating in this? We want to pull the rug out from underneath his feet today, guys. <laughs> Glory to God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, here's the deal. Everything in the Christian life is a finished work. Now, Satan will always try to attack this truth that everything you need is already finished and available. Listen to me very closely now, friend. The enemy will always try to attack this truth that everything's already finished. What he's going to do is, the enemy is going to come against you, and when I mean come against you, he's going to come against you in your thinking, in your thoughts. You see, the mind is really the arena of faith. The mind is where spiritual warfare really takes place. And so, the enemy is going to come against you in your thinking. He's going to get you to question it, and he's going to say, well, how can it already be finished? I can't see it in the natural. Alex, how can this be? You see, you see he's going to try to get us to doubt it. Guys, he's going to try to get us to question it. He's going to try to get us to uh, disbelieve it. And then what he's going to do is he's going to try to feed you all of the reasons for why this could not be true. 
because after all, we certainly don't deserve this. <laughs> is he, that's one of the reasons Satan will say, well, this couldn't be true. It couldn't be that God really made available to you everything you need. Well, we don't deserve this. And do you know the truth, guys? We don't deserve it. Glory to God, this is so awesome when you get this child of God, that we don't deserve it. That everything that, that comes to us, you see, the world system is based on this idea that you got to deserve the good in order to get the good. Well, that's erroneous. That's, that doesn't work in the kingdom of God. You see, no, the kingdom of God's system is based on the grace of God. And I want you to understand, one of the ways that we define grace is as the unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor and blessing of God. Glory to God. Grace is God being good to you, not because you earned it or deserved it. No, grace is God being good to you because God is good. And so he's going to try to attack you in this way, the enemy. He's going to say, well, we don't deserve this. Since you don't deserve it, why are you going to expect to get healed? He's going to say, you know, he's going to say, man, you don't deserve to be healed. So why, why would you expect God to heal you? You see, you see how insidious the enemy is, guys? Glory to God, you see, because the whole gospel, this whole Good news, too good to be, nearly too good to be true news about Jesus is based on the idea that God is good to you, not because you deserved it, but because God is good. You see, there's a scripture in Matthew where Jesus says, agree with thine adversary. Now, there's a couple of different ways that you can apply that scripture, but I believe one of the applications of that verse is, is that when Satan comes against you with his accusations, what happens is, well, you can agree. You can say, yeah, yeah, I don't deserve it. I know I don't deserve it. <laughs> you know, I, I know I could never qualify for the goodness of God. I know I could never earn the blessings of God. And that, that's the whole point. You see, you see, it's unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor, guys. You see, and what that does is we're talking about the humility of faith. What that does is that's going to produce humility. You see, one of the keys to humility, guys, is to understand that you could never deserve anything from, from God. Why? Well, because God is perfect, guys. The definition of deserving something or earning something is that you're measuring up to a certain standard, and because you meet that standard, now this other person has to give you something. Well, God is never going to be in a in a position where he's going to owe us anything, guys, and, and God is perfect, and so God's standard is perfection, and so if you want to earn or deserve something from God, well, friend, that means you would have to be perfect. You see, it's because you and I are never going to be perfect. That's why Jesus came into this world. You see, Jesus came into the world, fully God, fully man, uh, to walk in this earth as a perfect man, to live the life that we couldn't live, to die for us on the cross, to rise again, so that we could simply put our faith in him, the perfect one the just one, the righteous one. And what happens is, as a result of you being in Christ, now God can justly deal with you in his unmerited favor. Are you guys tracking with me? I think we're going to get into this some more over the series, but we want to just really kind of introduce you guys to this here today. And so you want to be on the lookout for that. When the enemy tries to accuse you in that way, you don't want to fall into that trap. 
<laughs> you see, the, ga- the, 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 the days of us playing the enemy's games are over, guys. I prophesy that over you right now, child of God. You are coming to such an understanding of this gospel right now. You're coming to such a revelation of what Jesus has already done for you right now. Glory to God, the enemy was no longer going to be able to trick you from this day forward. You see, I want you to receive that this morning, guys. I want you to receive that this morning. And so Satan is going to try to get us to question it. He's going to try to get us to disbelieve it. He's going to say, well, this couldn't be true because you don't deserve it. And watch this now, guys. What he's going to do then is he's going to try to get us to perform. He's going to try to get us to perform, to qualify for the blessing, or to make us feel that we're somehow good enough now to deserve the blessing of God. You see, the thing about the enemy is this is that the enemy doesn't have to tempt you with sin, necessarily. Now, he will do that. But sometimes all that he has to do is he has to try to get you into a performance-based mindset. He has to try to get you into a place where you think that you got to perform to try to get something from God. And so now you're in the performance-based system, And now what happens is when you're struggling and performing and trying to qualify for the blessing, well, it's gonna, it's it's just not gonna work. It's gonna be a sinking ship, guys. You see, you see, you see, the whole point of this gospel is that it's unmerited favor. It's you getting the blessings of God, not because you qualified for them, guys. And this is awesome because the Lord was just reminding me of this again in my own life is that I know that I'm not qualified to do what he's calling me to do, man. He's He's been kind of bringing this ministry back. He's been talking to me about our vision again for the future. And man, I know I don't qualify for it. I know I could never deserve that. And you know what's so awesome about this, guys, is that makes any person an ideal candidate to be used by God when you know that you don't deserve it, when you know that you don't qualify for it, you see. You see, God, there's a saying, I don't know who said it originally, but, you know, that saying where, where, where they said, well, God doesn't call the qualified. No, God qualifies the called. You see? You see? And so, and so don't disqualify yourself from either seeing the goodness of God in your life or, or seeing the blessings of God in your life or you being used by God in a major way, friend. You see? You see, God doesn't call the qualified. God qualifies the ones he calls, guys. That's pretty awesome. And so, Satan will try to get us to perform, to try to get something from God. Listen to me now, very closely, child of God. Yet all that is actually required of us, if we want to see the goodness and the blessings of God, all that is required of us is That we depend on God, that's faith. That we believe His Word, that's faith. That we listen for the guidance and direction of the Holy Spirit, that's faith, guys. And that we live in a way where every day we are expectant of seeing God's goodness and God's promises showing up in our lives. That is faith, guys. That is faith. It's depending on God. It is expecting His goodness to show up in your life, independent of your performance. Are you tracking with me, guys? Amen.
That's awesome, guys. Now, let's look at this some more. Head with me over to Colossians chapter 2. We'll look at verses 6 and 7. Let me change this real quick here. The sun is coming up right now. I want to see if this is going to improve the lighting a bit. Maybe it won't. Okay. Never mind. (laughs) I might be a little bright, but I think that's fine. I think that's just perfectly fine. Um, It's early Sunday morning. The sun is coming up, and it's going to be a beautiful day today. Uh, Colossians chapter 2. Verses 6 through 7, if you're listening to the, audio, to the audio, you're like, what is he talking about? What did he just say? Uh, never mind, guys, we're just working on some of the uh, lighting issues here, which is, which is, which is pretty nice. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 7. I want to just read this in the New Living Translation. I want to go straight to the New Living Translation uh, for time's sake on this one. Now, here's the deal, guys. We're talking about... How can we see the blessings of God in our lives? And one of the things you want to understand is that the Bible says that in exactly the same way that you got born again, and in exactly the same way that you received Jesus as your Savior and Lord, in that same way you are now called to live your Christian life. Now, look what he says here, Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, in the New Living Translation, he says, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Now, what he's saying here is, I believe what he's saying is in in, in the same way. You see, in the same way that you accepted Jesus as your Savior and Lord, in that same way you're called to follow him. And look at verse 7, he he describes what that's going to look like. This is how you're called to follow him. He says, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Stop right there. He's saying... Your roots are not built on yourself. Glory to God. You, say, you see, he says your, your life is not built on yourself. No, your life is going to be built on him. You see, he becomes my strength, guys. He becomes my righteousness. He becomes my ability. He becomes my confidence. You see, you see, remember to renew your strength in the Lord is to exchange your weakness for his strength. It is to exchange your inability for his ability. It is to exchange your lack for his abundance. Watch this now, friend. It is to exchange your unrighteousness. Glory to God for his righteousness. You see, to depend on him He becomes your righteousness, and watch what happens. He says, then your faith will grow strong. Now remember, faith, we're reading here as your dependence on God. In other words, then your dependence on God will grow strong. It'll grow strong in the truth that you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. And so, strong faith, strong dependence on God, comes as you live a life of depending on Jesus uh, of, 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 of establishing your life in Him, of being built up in Him. What this really means, thank you, Lord, is, is that your identity is found in Him. You see, you see, I don't look to myself, to my performance, to what I can do. No, my identity is found in Jesus. Guys, remember this thing about identity is that your behavior does not determine your identity. I hope you just caught what I said. Your behavior does not determine your identity. Glory to God. But you see, your identity will sooner or later determine your behavior. In other words, 
You may be dealing with some issues right now. You may be struggling with some, some sin in your life right now, maybe an addiction or whatever the case may be. And, 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 you, and you're struggling with that. Well, what you want to do is, you see, you see, the enemy is going to try to get you to identify with that. He's going to say, well, Alex, look at me. You know, I'm just a no good sinner. No, no, hold on, hold on. You see, glory to God. You see, no, if you're in Christ, I want you to understand the Bible says that, that God made him, Jesus, to be sin with your sin. Glory to God, so you could be made the righteousness of God in him. So if you're in Christ, you're not just a no good sinner, friend. No, no. The Bible says if you're in Christ, you are made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus has become your righteousness. This is for someone. Now, now, now why am I saying this? I'm saying this because, because you know, you, you're struggling with some, some stuff. You're looking at your life and you're saying, man, I can't shake this sin. You know, maybe it's something you haven't told anybody about. Maybe it's this secret little thing you're struggling with, whatever the case may be. Uh, maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's porn. I don't know what it is, whatever the case may be. You see, and you're struggling with that. And what you're doing is the enemy is bombarding you with guilt and condemnation and saying, well, you're just a no good sinner. How is God ever going to use you? Hold on now. What you want to do, glory to God, is you want to understand that your behavior does not determine who you are in Christ. No, Jesus, glory to God, has already determined who you are. Jesus has already decided to make you righteous. And so the way that you break that addiction, the way that you break free from that sin is not by struggling harder. It's not by you beating yourself up. No, it is by you standing firm in your identity in Christ. That's what he's talking about here. You let your roots grow down into Jesus. You let your life be built on a Jesus. Your dependence on Jesus begins to grow strong. And what happens is you remind yourself that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, when you remind yourself continuously, independent of your performance, that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, well, what happens is, glory to God, now the Holy Ghost can go to work in your life, you see. Holy Spirit is going to be the one who enables you to break free from that addiction. Holy Spirit is going to be the one who enables you uh, to live the overcoming life. And what he needs is, he doesn't need your performance, no, what he needs is, he needs your right believing. He needs you to look to Jesus. He needs you uh, to depend on Jesus. He needs you uh, to put your trust in who Jesus has already made you to be. And as you do that, what happens is he's going to help you to do what you can't do on your own. He's going to help you to break those chains. He's going to help you to break free from uh, that addiction. You see, are you catching this, guys? And so what this is, is this is what it boils down to, guys. What this is, is this is the life of humility. This is the life of humility. You see, humility, guys, is not putting yourself down. Humility is not you walking around beating yourself up. You know, humility is not you, somebody giving you a compliment, and then you can't accept that compliment, and you say, oh, oh yeah, you know, you know, like, you, you, you know, you just did a great job with something, and, you know, you know, it really kind of turned out okay, and it, it was actually pretty good. And someone says, well, that was really good. And you say, oh, no, 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 it wasn't really that good. You know, no, that's not humility, guys. You see, <laughs> you see, humility is simply you depending on God. You as a Christian, for you, humility is you depending on who Jesus has already made you to be. Depending on, on who you are in him rather than who you are 
in your own self. You see, that's humility. You see, the, the, the fact of the matter is that the very fact that you have faith in Jesus is, you know, that's an act of humility, guys, you see. You see, every, every religion of the world is based on this idea that you got to do something to try to save yourself. You got to work your way into, into right standing with God, or you got to, you know, achieve some state that's going to be, you know, now you're saved or enlightened or whatever. Well, it's actually very humbling to realize that no matter what you do, you're never going to be able to save yourself. No, you're going to need a Savior. And so it's very humbling to realize that you need a Savior. And so putting your faith in Jesus and getting born again is an act of humility. You see, it's impossible for someone to trust their life to a Savior and to be prideful at the same time. Now, what happens, of course, is we can slip back into pride at any time after we've gotten saved. And so what that is, is just we've got to renew our mind now, you see. As you've received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. And so we've got to renew our mind to, I depend on Jesus. I'm trusting in God. I'm not trusting now in my own performance. You see, the thing about religion is that religion oftentimes... You know, they, you know, m- most people, if, if you're preaching the gospel, you're going to have an understanding that the gospel is you put your faith in Jesus. You can't save yourself. But the, the trouble is that oftentimes what we want to do is we now, we've gotten saved by grace through faith. In fact, you can turn to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 9. We get saved by grace through faith. In other words, we didn't earn it, we didn't deserve it, but we receive it by faith. But now what we want to do is, in order to live this Christian life, guys, what we want to do is we want to throw in our performance. Amen. Anybody's ever been there before? You want to throw in your performance. You think, well, now, it's like, you know, now all of a sudden, in order for me to to, to stay saved or for me to be in right relationship with God, or certainly in order for me to operate in the blessings of God, i got to throw in some performance. Well, hold on, guys. The Bible said in exactly the same way that you got saved, in that same way are you to live your Christian life. And the Bible says we're saved by grace, unmerited favor, through faith. Faith is how you take possession of it. Remember, faith we're defining now as depending on God. And so, Jesus took care of salvation The way you received it was you depending on what he's already done. Now watch this, friend. The same way that you're going to receive your healing, the same way you're going to receive your deliverance is Jesus has already done it. And now what I do is, faith is I depend on what Jesus has already done for me. You see... Look what he says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 in the New Living Translation. He says, God saved you by His grace, watch this now, when you believed. You see, grace is the unmerited favor of God. Now, what, what was your role in it? Your role was believe. The King James here says, you were saved by grace through faith. Now, faith we obviously know that in order for you to operate in faith, your, your believing is required. you got to believe. And so, 
You depend on God. How? By believing God. You see, you don't see the breakthrough in the natural, yet you don't walk by by sight. You walk by faith. And so it's like, Lord, I can't yet see how you're going to do this in my life, Lord. I can't yet see how this is all going to turn out for my good, Lord. But what I'm going to do is I'm, 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 I'm going to believe you, Lord. I'm going to believe that your plans and purposes for me are for good. Glory to God. I'm going to believe that you've already made available to me what I need. I'm going to, I'm going to believe that you're going to bring me through this trial without the smell of smoke. I'm going to believe that this is going to work out together uh, for my good according to your word, you see. You see, and so you believe him. He says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And this is what I want you to see now, guys. He says, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Everybody say out loud, it's a gift from God. Type in the comment section, guys. It's a gift from God. Grace World Online Community. It's a gift from God. He says... You can't take credit for your salvation. It's a gift from God. Look at verse 9. He says, Salvation is not a reward for the, for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. You see, none of us can boast about it. You see, if it was a, a reward for what we did, guys, what, what, what that would mean is that would actually put us into a position where we could boast, where we could say, well, it's because I was such a good person, that's why God saved me. It's because I did all these things, that's why this healing showed up in my life. But God says, you can't boast about it. It's a gift from God. Now, the thing about a gift is, is that it's a gift, guys. You see, people say, well, Alex, I don't deserve it. Well, no, of course you don't deserve it. It's a gift. A gift is not something you deserve. If if, if you deserved it, it wouldn't be a gift, would it? It's kind of like when you go to your job, you know, you, you maybe you have a job, and, you know, you get paid, you get a paycheck. Well, guys, I want you to understand that paycheck is not a gift. Praise God. You know, that's not your employer giving you a gift because they, you know, whatever. No, it's, it's, it's they're paying you because you earned it, because it's in the contract. You worked a certain amount of hour, you get paid. Well, that's... That's work. That's how you get paid at work, right? Now, that can never work with God. No, everything you receive from God is a gift. Guys, there's something very humbling when you realize, and I was just meditating on that this morning, that that we're entitled to nothing, guys. You see, God didn't have to save us. No, God decided to save us because God is good. And so... Eternal life, salvation, is a gift from God. We can't boast about it. We can't take credit for it. And in the same way, guys, what happens is any of the promises of God that will show up in your life, you can't take credit for it. God wants you to see his provisions. God wants you to see his finished works simply because he loves you. Simply because it's his gift to you. Thank you, Lord. When you look at the four Gospels and you see Jesus during his earthly ministry healing people, guys, well, what do those people do to deserve the healing? Nothing. No, what they did was they believed in Jesus. 
They heard the word of who he was. They believed who he was. They came to him. I think about the woman with the issue of blood. She hears about Jesus and, you know, she touches the hem of his garment. She receives her healing. Well, she didn't have time to clean up her life. You see? And so, all of the promises of God are available to us, guys, in exactly the same way that we initially got born again. It is by us putting our faith, our confidence in who Jesus is and and in what he's already done for us on the cross. And when you understand the magnitude of God's gift, guys, the magnitude of his gift, just how good God is, how good his gift of eternal life is, his gift of salvation, what he's made available to you and me here while we're in the earth, When you understand the magnitude of God's gift, the immensity of His love for us, the abundance of His kindness towards us, guys, and the fact that we did not, nor ever could earn or deserve it, that's what's going to produce humility in the life of a believer. And so humility might not be what you thought it was. Maybe you thought humility was putting yourself down. No. We're going to get get eventually into the fact that humility is it's you depending on God, and then it's you really just obeying and believing what God tells you to do, and who God tells you that you are. That's humility. You see, you see, pride is self dependence. Humility is God dependence. Guys, glory be to God. And so I'm going to finish it off with this because we're out of time pretty much already. We're going to continue this next week. Here's the devil's strategy, guys. I told you we're going to pull the rug out from underneath his feet today, man. Glory be to God. The devil is going to try to get our attention and our focus off of Jesus and the cross. And he's going to try to put your attention on yourself. You see, you see, and and any time that you think that your performance, good or bad, carries more weight than what Jesus did on the cross, you're operating in pride. You see, any time you look to your issues where you miss it, perhaps, and you say, well, God couldn't bless me because, because of this thing I got going on in my life. What you're doing is you're saying that's greater than what Jesus did for you on the cross. That's pride. You see, humility is going to look to Jesus. And humility is going to say, no matter how many times I miss it, no matter the mess that my life might be in, no matter the mistakes I might have made, glory to God, none of that was a surprise to God, and none of that is ever going to be greater than what Jesus did for me on that cross 2,000 years ago. You see, that's humility, guys. And so Satan requires us to be self-centered in order for him to really operate in our lives. Catch this now. We're going to pick it up here next week. The enemy requires us to be self-centered. God requires us to look away from self. Glory to God, to Jesus. God requires us to be Jesus-centered. Away from self, to Jesus. 
That's how I can see the promises of God showing up in my life, guys. I look to Jesus. I depend on Jesus. You see? You see? Praise God. It's all about Jesus, guys. Somebody say out loud, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. This whole thing is all about Jesus, man. Amen. Did you guys get something out of that today? If you have been blessed by this word, and if you're not driving, if you can, I want to encourage you just to take a moment and just to lift up your hands right now and just give God thanks. Just give Him thanks right now, guys, for what you've heard this morning. Give Him thanks for what you've received this morning. Give Him thanks for how the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you this morning. And thank you, Lord. I want to point this out also, is that when we look to Jesus, guys, we're not saying that holiness doesn't matter anymore. You see, Jesus loves you so much that He... He's not going to deal with you based on your performance, but he loves you so much, he's not going to keep you there either. And so, and so right living is going to take care of itself because right living in this Christian life, guys, is going to be produced by the Spirit of grace working on the inside of you. Glory to God. The Holy Spirit is key. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of grace. The Holy Spirit has taken responsibility for your transformation to the degree that you turn your attention away from yourself and you look to Jesus and what He's already done for you. And so just thank Him for that right now. Thank Him that even right now the Holy Spirit is working in your life. Just as a result of you having heard this word, Holy Spirit is working in your life right now. He's, he's, he's ministering some things to you right now. And just thank Him for that. Thank Him for that. Thank you, Lord. And so, Father God, I just speak your word right now over these, your precious people, Father, as they have receptive hearts, Lord. As their hearts are receptive and available, Lord. Glory to God. We trust that you're at work in our lives right now. Speak to your people. Minister to your people. Holy Spirit, have your way. Touch every area of our lives, we pray. Lord, we purpose today that we're going to depend on you, Lord Jesus. We depend on you, sir. We're not going to look to our performance or self-effort. No. In the same way that we began our lives as born-again believers, we're going to continue our lives, and that's to live depending on your finished work, sir. Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' name. Amen. Glory be to God. You've been listening to the Alex Rubit Ministries podcast. I'm your host, Alex Rubit. Hey, thanks so much for joining me today, guys. Now, if this message has been a blessing to you, I want to encourage you to help us to spread the good news. Simply like, subscribe, and share this podcast with others. Now, I pray that you will continue to see God's grace manifesting richly in your life, and I look forward to talking to you again soon.